Well, uh, keep your Bible open in front of you. Uh, We'll need that as we're going through. So, the big question for today is where do you go to find wisdom? And more specifically, where do you go to find wisdom in the midst of suffering? Cancer diagnosis, loss of job, divorce. Where do you go to make sense of that? And what do you tell the people who come to you in the midst of that kind of suffering? Where they come to you for your wisdom. When they ask you, the worst has happened, what do I do next? This is the never-ending search for wisdom. And this is exactly where we find Job in our passage today. He's asking this very question throughout the whole book of Job. Uh, If you've just joined us here in our series of Job, we're we're at chapter 28, uh, and the last uh, 20-odd chapters, uh, Job's three friends have been bombarding Job with their wisdom in the form of uh, poetic speeches. Uh, And their wisdom has been basically this. Job, you're suffering. You must have done something wrong. There's, there's no other explanation for it, Job. It must be your fault somehow. And needless to say, uh, Job is less than impressed by the wisdom that his three friends have been giving him. And so Job has answered them in his own uh, poetic speeches. And some of these speeches have come from very deep and dark valleys of Job's life. Uh, And we've been hearing those and going through those valleys with Job. uh, And they've been pretty heavy going, haven't they? But uh, here in chapter 28, uh, we get a little bit of a break. Uh, Here in chapter 28, it's like a little bit of an intermission where the narrator of Job kind of ponders for a moment before in the next chapter 29, Job continues with his speech. And... You might have noticed, uh, as we've been going through the book of Job, that wisdom, wisdom, the word wisdom, just keeps coming up here and there and everywhere. See, if you scratch the surface of Job, you find that underneath the search for wisdom is the common thread that's going the whole way throughout. Uh, In fact, you you could title the whole book, Job, The Search for Wisdom in Suffering. Uh, have a look. Cast your eyes over chapters, uh, over verses 1 to 11. Uh, what do we have here? In the beginning of our little intermission from the narrator, uh, have a look, verses 1 to 11, what do we get? Uh, we kind of get a po- poetic reflection on underground mining. Uh, it's a bit of a musing on underground mining. Uh, It's about how great we are at humans at finding minerals and things under the ground. I I don't know. Do do you ever stop to to muse on the wonders of human ingenuity? Uh, When it comes to mining, perhaps when you're driving through the Lane Cove Tunnel, uh, you're struck by the, the ability of humans to dig under the ground and under the sea and you're just filled with awe. I don't know, maybe we should do that more. But let me tell you, uh, in Western Queensland, 
Uh, mining under the ground can be a matter of life and death. See, my father-in-law, he spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to drill a bore kilometers into the earth that he might reach water, water that he could bring up to give to his stock in a drought. Uh, and, and I was there when he did it. Uh, there was a whole team of guys working for a week to get this drill down. And you know what? When they got water up, it saved a lot of stock. Lots of lives were saved from that mining. You see, for Job, in his dark valley, uh, wisdom was a matter of life and death. Uh, and it's the same for us, isn't it? How many tragic stories have there been of people in the midst of suffering making unwise decisions, uh, t- turning to drink, uh, turning to drugs, uh, getting in that car when they shouldn't have? And wisdom is a matter of life and death in suffering. And so we get the question in verse 12, verse 12. Where can wisdom be found? Where does understanding dwell? Cast your eye over verses 13 to 22. Uh, We as humans, we're great at lots of things. Uh, We can find lots of things under the earth. Perhaps we can find wisdom. Have a look. Have a look in those pages. Can you find wisdom? And the narrator, he goes on a search, doesn't he? Naomi kind of made it very clear for us, didn't she? Uh, The narrator goes on a search. He looks at the bottom of the sea. Hello, is there wisdom under the sea? No. Sorry, the sea says. Uh, He goes to the marketplace. Wisdom, uh, wisdom, anyone selling wisdom? And remember, uh, he's desperate. He'll sell his finest for a shortcut to wisdom. Rubies, gold, you name it. But... Still no wisdom. Uh, he's, he's getting really desperate now. And the question is repeated in verse 20. Where does wisdom come from? Where does understanding dwell? Now he's asked all in the land of the living in verse 21. Now he is so desperate, he will even ask the dead in verse 22. But somewhat humorously, the answer the dead give is something like this. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, yeah, we, we've heard a rumor of wisdom, but we don't even know where. It's a bit funny to think of death saying something like that, isn't it? Oh, we've heard a rumor, but... Mm. You see, the point is no one knows. And suffering proves that there is no end to the search of wisdom. Job's friends certainly didn't know. Uh, See, we're told a couple of little bits of insight about Job's friends, about where they're from. You see, Job's friends were from the three sort of wisdom capitals of the ancient world, the sort of Oxford, Cambridge, Harvard, of kind of the wisdom schools of that time. What about your friends? Where do they go for wisdom? Where do they turn in the midst of suffering? Uh, Are you tempted to follow them? The self-help books? uh, The gurus? Perhaps if you joined the thousands flocking down to Olympic Park uh, to see Tony Robbins, maybe Tony Robbins can give you the answer. Why do I have cancer? Why has this happened? 
And even if he tells you he can give you an answer, don't believe him. Maybe even if you, uh, our own senior pastor, Paul Dale, maybe if you had two hours in his office, maybe he could give you the answers to why this is happening. But no, uh, Paul is too wise for that. He'll pray with you. Uh, He'll sit in silence with you. He'll cry with you. But he won't be able to give you answers as to why you are suffering like you are. So why are we, like Job's friends, so quick to try and answer people's suffering for them, to try and fix the problem for them? You know, even modern medicine doesn't have all the answers. Uh, Sometimes people have mysterious conditions. Uh, People have every test under the sun. They've seen every specialist you can imagine and still no answers. Till finally... Uh, A doctor might say to them, you know, sometimes we never find the answer. Sometimes we just have to manage the symptoms and get on with life the best we can. And you know what? That's a wonderful relief. A relief from the endless quest for answers. You see, sometimes the relentless search for answers can be worse than the suffering itself. Yes, Like Job, we wrestle with God. We ask why. And God encourages us from the Scriptures to be real with him. But as Christians, we are free from the never-ending search for the answer why. We can accept that we don't always get an answer, and that we don't need to have an answer for everything. We don't need to have all the answers because we need a relationship with a God who has all the answers. And that is something we have, which leads us to our second point. Only God knows wisdom. Now, I know it sounds a little bit negative to be like nobody but God knows wisdom, but it's the truth. You see, wisdom requires perspective, Uh, Let me give you an example. Uh, The other day, uh, my uh, elderly father was visiting me, and I sat down with the iPad, and I showed him how Google Maps worked, uh, Google Earth in particular. Uh, And I was explaining to him um, why Sydney, why it takes us so long to drive places in Sydney, Dad. I was like, see, there's there's water here, and there's mountains there. Uh, And so by giving the perspective of looking down, he could see how hard it is to get around Sydney and why it takes so long. Uh, then I showed him uh, his farm, his property. I showed him his, his neighbor's property. He was very chuffed to see how many sheds his neighbor has. Uh, Dad, was, he was so excited about this new perspective he had. The first thing he told his brother uh, was, have you heard of the Google Earth? Oh, it's just amazing. But he'd seen the world from a perspective he, he'd never seen before. You see, it's all about how important perspective is. And Job's friends, well, their perspective was too small, too too ground level. All they could see was Job suffering. Uh, And Job too. His perspective was obscured by the tears in his eyes. He, He couldn't see clearly. You see, for us as creatures, true wisdom, true perspective It's beyond us. Remember, when it all boils down to it, there's only two kinds of things. 
there's God and everything God has created, including us. And so for us on this side, we don't have perfect perspective. We have a beginning. We have an end. But God has no beginning. God has no end. You see, God doesn't have to go on a a frantic search for wisdom through the world. No, we, we see in verse 24, he sees all the world at once. He made all the world. From beginning to end, he sees all of it. And this is revolutionary news in the book of Job. You see, for one, uh, this chapter is revolutionary because Job's friends and their tiresome poetic uh, wisdom finally stops. Uh, But not just that, their confusion about what wisdom is or what it might be finally stops and we hear for certain, no, God knows wisdom. Uh, in the midst of the chaos and confusion of what's going on to Job, God knows exactly what's going on. Uh, I used to live in Darwin uh, in the Northern Territory, and if you've ever been to Darwin in the wet season, uh, you'll know about the thunderstorms. You won't have been able to miss them. Uh, You can hear them everywhere. Uh, We used to sit up uh, on the top story of our apartment and we would watch the thunderstorms, the monsoons roll in over the harbour, and it was incredible to watch. Thunder that would shake the building, lightning that would cut across the sky, uh, the chaos. And sometimes in Darwin, these storms will actually turn into cyclones, destructive cyclones whirling around and around. Uh, It can be quite fearsome, but God does not fear the cyclones. God is not surprised by that. Uh, as we see in verse 25 and 26. Or or, or God is like a master craftsman. He is the one who tests wisdom. God is the one who checks wisdom's work. Wisdom checks their answers against God. God himself is the one who checks wisdom in verse 27. You see, what we must remember in the midst of our suffering is that God is the creator and that we are creations. So let's take a moment in our busy lives to stop and think about that. Do it now. Stop and think for a moment. Just imagine with me if you could see every moment of suffering that is going on in the world right now. Every cancer diagnosis, every divorce, every ounce of suffering in the universe... Oh, I think I would, I would shrivel up and die if I was to comprehend all that suffering that was even happening for a single moment. But perhaps that's too large scale for us to imagine. Just think for a moment about every tear you've cried. Every moment of sadness, every tear you've cried. You know that God says... In Psalm 56, verse 8, that God has kept every tear you've cried in a bottle. God knows every moment of sadness that you've ever had or will have. Stop and feel that for a moment. Every single tear 
God knows. Now remember, friends, Job's friends, in their wisdom, they couldn't conceive for a moment of one innocent man suffering. And yet God knows every innocent suffering that ever happens. You see, Job's friends, their wisdom was just too small. And you know why their wisdom was too small? Because their God was too small. Our God would go to the cross for us. Jesus is the most innocent sufferer. He would suffer and die for us. What a strange wisdom. Jesus, the innocent sufferer. This kind of strange wisdom would have blown Job's friends' minds. But that is the wisdom of God. Friends, is your God too small? Do you need to meet the, the God of the Bible, the God that we meet in Job? And that brings us to our final point. What do we do in suffering with a God who knows all? So, so what do we do now? We've been on a quest for wisdom. Uh, we've looked everywhere. We, we've seen that no one can know. Um, and instead of finding answers to our suffering, we found something much better. We found an awesome God who knows all of it and loves us. But what do we actually do now? Well, never fear. Our, our good and loving God, uh, he tells us what we do now. Uh, he tells us how to be wise, and it's joyously simple. Uh, read verse 28. It's joyously simple. Look, verse 28. And he said to the human race, Fear the Lord, that is wisdom. And shun evil, to shun evil is understanding. See, even in the midst of our suffering, we can be in awe of God. We are free from needing to know. We can suffer knowing God. We don't need answers. We need a deeper relationship with God. So when suffering strikes for you, just keep fearing God. That's wisdom. Uh, keep meeting with other Christians. Keep listening to God as much as you can in his word. Keep pouring out your heart to him in prayer. But also, uh, we're not to make suffering an excuse for sin. Have a look at the second half of verse 28. To shun evil is understanding. Friends, how often in suffering do we find it easy to justify stuff that we would usually think is wrong? Uh, where does the world go to flee their suffering? Perhaps into a bottle of wine? Maybe into the arms of a stranger? Or maybe into the endless forms of mind-numbing entertainment that our culture keeps bringing up for us to fill the sad emptiness all the while cursing the good God and his good intentions for us. Oh, oh, brothers and sisters, may we not run into the arms of sin when we suffer. May we run into the arms of our loving God. If you're suffering here today, hear this plea from your loving God. Don't run to sin, run to him. 
Don't run into the traps that sin will put before you in the midst of your suffering. Run to God and let us, as your church family, let us help you. And as you do this, refuse to listen. Refuse to listen to the wisdom of this world. Uh, And as you do that, you will look strange to them. You will look strange to them as you suffer like Job did. In his wise and worshipful suffering, uh, Job perplexed his friends. They couldn't understand it. How could an innocent man suffer like that? Well, friends, it's that kind of wisdom that defines our lives now. We live by the wisdom of the cross, not the wisdom of this world. Uh, I'll finish now by reading for us from the New Testament. Uh, You might like to read along. I'm going to read from Romans chapter 11, verse 33, uh, and then I'll pray for us as the band comes up. Uh, That's on page 975 of your Black Bibles. I'll read this for us, uh, and let's make this our prayer for us today. Romans 11, verse 33. Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counsellor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things, and to him be the glory forever. Amen. I'll I'll pray for us now as the band comes up. Loving Father, we're sorry for the times that we search for wisdom anywhere but you. We are so thankful that you know all things, that you are wise. And we thank you that you tell us how to be wise and that it is gloriously simple. We fear and love you. Father, this is a hard word for us to hear that we are but creatures and that you are God. Humble our hearts, comfort us in suffering and help us to glorify your son, the innocent sufferer Jesus, all the more, even as we suffer. Make us wise sufferers, Father, we pray. Amen.